What's going on, everybody? Farrell here with another Farrellism podcast, bringing coming to you live from the Farrellism era. And today's podcast, we're going to talk about common, the gateway to salvation. I guess we should say this is take two with my lovely guest, Mr. Drew Vu. Mr. Drew, would you like to introduce yourself? Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is your boy, Drew Vu, stand-up comedian, podcaster, and mind the Wu-Tang podcast, and also just trying to be a funny guy. I think I'm funny, but hopefully y'all, everybody thinks I'm funny so far. But it's the second take because, I don't know, your boy Pharrell was on Instagram jail. I didn't know Instagram had a jail prison. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. So it deleted it deleted our video. We had one take, so that's why we're doing Zoom. Because I went to unlike a bunch of people just to clean out the list, you know, clean shop up. And it detected that I was trying to use a service to like other people to get more likes, but I was not doing that. And it's like, hey, we're not going to let you post for so many days, and we're going to delete your live video. So that's why we're doing this take two. But you know what? We can make a joke about it on here, and we can have some more fun. So. We're gonna, gonna throw in there um, very shortly before we get started though. For those that are looking to follow me, you can follow me on Facebook and YouTube at Feralism, on Instagram here, Feralism15, and then anywhere that you can get podcasts such as Apple Podcasts or Spotify, that will be Feralism. And then for Drew, where can people find you, Drew? Uh, people can find me on you know, Twitter, uh, DrewVu89, uh, Snapchat, CheesyVoo89, Instagram, ActiveFoo uh, Entertainment, and obviously Facebook. You can find me on Andrew Vu. Perfect. So we'll get started again. Um, again, our title was Comedy, the Gateway of Salvation. So before we kind of get started, let's go, let's throw it back to you, Drew. I know we already went into this, but I'm very excited to hear it again for a second time. Talk to yourself. Tell us about how you got into comedy and why you like it so much. Uh, how I got into comedy, uh, began probably, probably close to like almost 10 years ago. I, I've been doing it for about comedy for about, uh, eight, eight to nine years already. I mean, I wanted to do it since, uh, since, uh, high school. I didn't start in high school. I started usually somewhere, I think during my college years, my, uh, my community college years, but always wanted to do it because my friends and family thought I was very funny, but you know, you know how Asian parents are. I got to finish college, graduate and finish college first. But um, I college was made, it was like stressing me out. It was uh, because it was not it was not my dream. All I was thinking when I was studying for exam or even like failing these exams, I was thinking about comedy, comedy. So I didn't want to waste any money on school, so I decided to drop out and pursue comedy. And first time I ever did it, I invited my friend's house. I'm, I mean, I invited my friend's house, uh, friends out uh, into like the, the Boston mall, not, not Boston, like the city of Boston, but Boston in uh, Arlington, Virginia at the, uh, I think it was at this, what mall was it? It was the Springfield, I think it was the Boston mall. It was the upper level, it was the comedy spot. It was like a dark room and nobody that place had a had a hard time always building a crowd, but luckily I brought friends and family out to see me perform for the first time. I didn't I didn't do that bad, and after that, I fell in love with it. It was like crack, and the rest was history. And I'm trying to like be a funny millionaire, I guess you can say. 
Yeah, like the Jack Black or like the comedy relief. Oh yeah, definitely. It, it was, it was also it was a relief. Um, it, it it also it also helped me be tolerant with a lot of like freaking stuff in life because whatever I get mad at or sad at, I'm allowed to write it down and joke about it on stage and see if it's funny or not. That's the whole beauty of it, you know. I'm I'm glad you brought that up because that's gonna be a nice segue. And I, I agree with you, you know, even now more in my later life, I like to be a little bit more funnier and crack some jokes because you can't be serious all the time. And I think mm. the biggest thing is you have to, and we talked about this, you have to learn to laugh at yourself and be able to take a joke and not be so serious all the time. And I think that's important because with everything going on right now and what we've been tested with, this whole, you know, all this lockdown, everything, it's really tested us because it showed us that we need to take a break from things and just really revisit ourselves and realize the impact and importance of like human interaction, what we're doing right now and personal communication. And it also showed that you gotta be able to take a joke and laugh, you know, things are too serious, but it's like I always say, life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react. And I think comedy mm. really inject, interjects into that because you could be going through the crappiest of circumstances and still be the most positive person in the room. And comedy is a really good gateway to that. Yeah, it, de it definitely is. I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's, you can't, you can't like, uh, you gotta learn. Yeah. Everybody has to learn how to laugh at laughters at themselves most of the time. And don't get me wrong. We're all humans. There's going to be days where we're going to get irritated or mad at something a little bit because we're humans. There's going to be days where we're going to take offense of even if people like uh, joke about certain things, like a certain family member, of course we might get, we might take offense to that. But if we constantly get like take offense of everything that it's, it's very unhealthy. It, it's, it's like, can you not laugh? Like you gotta laugh. It's, it's, it's a cure. People, keep forgetting laughter it's like uh hidden medicine it's probably to me one probably one one of the greatest medicines like out there besides all these pharmaceutical drugs that you spend money on you know so like it's like laugh more people it's and that's what like somebody like me is trying to help you out with by like uh making fun of myself and my life just so you can laugh at me and i'm making you healthier by making like by you laughing at my life you know <laughs> So that's probably why you never see Ryan Reynolds in a single serious film these days. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, I think, yeah. Deadpool. Deadpool is probably one of his greatest, like, like masterpiece of all time. Why not be a, why not be a funny anti-hero, you know, that kind of like kills bad guys except you get hurt yourself. You can recover. That's like, that's like all, that's like a great combo right there. You know, oh, <laughs> I yeah. wish I was like Deadpool. <laughs> seriously he's like wolverine but with comedy and even his new movie coming out soon uh guy where he's a video game character that really looks cool too but i just i, I remember when i watched deadpool one of my favorite things i was actually thinking about it over we talking because it, it made me laugh is in the end of the sec you've seen the second one right oh yeah definitely yeah. i love it so the end of the second one he goes he, he he realizes he can go back in time and they start playing turn back time by share and all you see is he goes back to the Deadpool they screwed up in X-Men Origins and he shoots him and he's like, <laughs> hey, Wolverine. And then um, and he goes to himself, who he's playing at the time, the writer of Green Lantern. We know the script sucked. So he literally pulls out another <laughs> He shoots the writer and he's like, you're welcome. 
<laughs> oh yeah, I love it. It's just like it's like they put they make it they make the like story like in the story at the same time they the humor of it they they make fun of like you know outside of the comics like it's like they talk about the writers and he pokes fun at the audience too it, it, it it's it's great you know that's like cinema classic to me oh yeah, oh, yeah. he's up there probably for one of the funniest guys in movies mm-hmm. oh yeah i hope i hope he he comes out with a you know more stuff Hopefully on like Netflix or something, since that's where entertainment is going through right now. Seriously, well, he's coming out with that movie, Guy. Um, mm. Okay, I gotta check that out. Oh yeah, but um, yeah. Speaking of why we're on this topic, then let's. Uh, we've already did this, and I actually came prepared better this time, so it's actually good we were doing a redo. I was gonna say, who are your top five? If you had to guess, I have a few now too, but I'll let you go first. Top five favorite comedians. Top five. I'll be okay. I'll start. I'll start from uh, number five, probably uh, Russell Peters. Um, number four, Kevin Hart. Number three, Dave Chappelle. Number two, Bill Burr. Number one, to me, he's one like he's probably my favorite. And rest in peace to him, Patrice O'Neill. Definitely, those are some good choices. Uh, yep. Uh, for me, in no particular order. Gotta throw Jim Carrey out there. I'm throwing some guys in movies too out because they're, mm. they're funny. So, Jim Carrey, Chris Tucker, Kevin Hart, Dave Chappelle, and Adam Sandler. Oh, those are that's that's a great five too. It's like it's like naming like a, the top five com, like favorite comedian. It's like naming top five your favorite like professional athlete. It is an ongoing cycle. Yeah, and and just like and just like um just like everything in life and just like, uh, you know, what you're doing, you know, uh, self, self-help speaking, me doing comedy and other people like playing sports. It, it's, it, it all differs because it, the, everything depends on the person, on the individual, except especially with stand-up comedy. You know, I'm, when I get on stage, I bring my, I have to bring, I have to show the world who I really am. And in, in the beginning, that's very tough. Because, like, every comedian starts out being insecure, you know, especially when you do it for the first time with that stage fright. You know, that's, the, like, one of the biggest fears that, you know, human beings have. But just like everything in life, you put in the repetition, you become, like, you become, like, more confident. And you become, like, more confident of, like, exposing yourself, who you really are, who you're, you're all, what you're, what you expose to the people, what your darkness is through comedy. And, and comedy always comes through darkness it, it, it's and that's the hard part of, of it too trying to create that scary darkness and try to make it like you know exaggerated like funny you know it's like the setup is like the unfunny part that's the truthful part but then the hard part is like that punchline. how to make that funny that, that boom that catches people by surprise and don't get me wrong these eight to nine years of doing it, it, it it's like it, it it's it's a it's a mind fuck, like totally, because I have to know myself very well. And going on on stage of, in front of thirty people, it's kind of like you're getting interviewed, like you're going to an interview, but you're getting interviewed by like maybe thirty people, maybe hundreds, even like thousands. And it's either you kill or bomb. You either make them laugh or you don't make them laugh. It's kind of like you're taking an exam and you're doing grade. You're going to get is pass or fail. So that's why mentally I'm like taller. I'm I'm tolerant 
with a lot of like, you know, like, you know, crazy things in life, especially when people say like mean things to me, I'm, I don't care no more because stand-up comedy helps you like, uh, it's either you either your job is to make people laugh, either you suck or you, you kill. So that's what like helps me get stronger in life mentally because it's like, oh, I don't have that. I don't have that fear anymore. It's like I go through life, pass or fail. You know, yeah. if I fail, I learn through it. It's just like stand-up comedy, same I, process. I think it would be even more tougher in your situation because at least when you go on a job interview, someone has your resume already and they know what they're expecting. But with this, exactly, no one gets a resume. You just go up there and you're just like, here's what I got for you on the spot as if you're just I, telling yourself. Exactly. Because the audience, like, like um, if – Anybody out there that the, the done stand-up comedy or done, even, like, does any, like, plays music or goes on stage, first thing you see is the audience just, like, staring at you with a blank face. They, like, like it's like that, it's like that kind of, like, uh, they're basically asking you, they, they're giving you that look, okay, who is this guy? Oh, man, make me laugh. Make me laugh in, like, 30 seconds right now. Yeah. You know, and that's the tough part. And then, like you said, it's like you don't have, they don't, they don't know you. They don't have a resume unless you're like a big time comic. Like, you know, they've seen you in movies, they've seen you in flyers. But yeah, you don't know your thing. material. And that's probably like, and another thing you said too that really resonated with me. Good job. Like, you, you should get an award tonight for having the best segue because you're segueing everything I wanted to touch on in this podcast. And by the way, before the end of it, I'm going to have a joke for you. You're going to love this joke. But, um, oh, bring it, bring it. Homie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, so basically, I was going to say, when you talk about darkness and you have to channel that darkness and really use it to your advantage, I think that really applies to anything. But specifically in the realm of comedy, well, one thing I really thought of was the Joker. I mean, look, he was a cynical guy, mm -hmm. but look, he, he used that darkness and look what ended up happening. Exactly. And um, I, I don't know if you've seen like that very, very uh, dark... Uh that dark uh, DC cartoon movie. I think it's on Netflix now, The Killing Joke. Oh, I did. I was actually thinking about that when we were talking just now. But, like, that's literally what, yeah, seriously. Oof, man, it was, it was dark. It was funny. I didn't know, I don't know if that was like, uh, that was actually the true character of the Joker, like since the beginning where he ended up starting out to be a struggling, failing comedian. And then, you know, his wife died uh rafter like you know she gave birth and then he had to do some had to do some like you know deals with mobsters and then it turns out it, the deal went bad and he fell into like a that big like tank of ass and it turned into yeah. the joker himself yeah. and yeah. It, it's it's crazy and that's what like basically that moment is basically like okay that's like true tragedy right there of a comedian but except he didn't, he didn't go down like the, you know, the positive smart route no, of didn't. the comedian, you know, it's just like, he, he's, he was just like miserable on, of himself. And don't get me wrong, the business of comedy, you can go, a lot of us comedians can go down that route because it's a very stressful business, especially you trying to get better in it and try to understand the business of it. But there's a lot to be said with that uh, darkness because I actually did a video with another person. And if he's watching Joe at Humble U Media, he, uh, mm -hmm. he, we did a Joker dissection and it's really interesting to see how damaging society can be on someone like that. Not just in the realm of comedy, just in general and how through society's failures, you can create such a monster who doesn't, you know, not, not that we're talking about the Joker now, but I'm just saying like, 
that's, it's, it's, it's very realistic too, because that's something that could realistically happen. It's not just a cartoon or like a fictional movie. Oh yeah. It, it, it's, it's they're like the character, the Joker, like that's like a typical, he's like a typical, like, like a you know, serial killer without like the makeup and like the clown image. It's just like, it's just like, uh, he's got no motive. He just, yeah. He just shows that like, if you, if you let, if you let life, if you let the darkness of light just get through you and then you don't do anything about it, like it's, you're going down that chaotic dark path and, there, and, and, and there's no return from it. And like somebody like, you know, somebody like a Batman or Bruce Wayne here, he went through the same thing, the trauma when he saw his parents like get killed in front of him. At least. Yeah, the same way. But except like he, he, he became crazy just like a Joker, but except like it's more like, he decided to like, you know, you know, like, you know, go down the route, travel and practice martial arts and go against like, uh, uh, go against like injustice and everything. And I think that's what made, that would made Batman, like that would made up for that, that, that would hold Batman made up for all his craziness. And that's why a Joker is like his arch nemesis because they're basically pretty much alike, but, but the, I'm sorry, dude. Was there a disturbance? Like, there was a there was a incoming car. I hung up. But okay. like, anyways, those two guys is Batman and Joker, same person. Two sides like, of the Batman, same coin. Yeah, but Batman has a problem himself. It's like what Joseph like said himself. Um, Batman is is uh strangles himself wearing the mask too much. He he doesn't like he doesn't want to like uh, show his like real self because he's strangling himself with his like mask. You it's know. like chaos and order is that both both souls were destroyed and damaged. One just let loose and exploded and cracked, and that's where the Joker went. Then there was another soul that used all this fear and channeled it to fight those who bring fear in others and to contain his own fear. So he traded one demon for another while the other person just let his demons run loose. Mm-hmm. Yep, and I think uh, Joker. I think he was main. His whole care, his main mission was try to make Batman go down the same route Great. that he did. But like Batman is strong enough, like to, <laughs> to not kill anybody. You know, Seriously, it's like it's like everybody wants to break Batman. Bane wants to break him physically. The Joker and Scarecrow want to break him mentally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think I think Poison Ivy wants to break him. Like the, the she has, she has, she's trying to like get to on on the lust side. I'm guessing, yeah. right? Catwoman's kind like, of doing the same thing. Yeah, but like, it's just like, it's just like, eh. It's like, that's a, I, yeah, I, I'm kind of a good person myself. I'm just broke. I'm just broke. I just want to steal some shit, just, to, you know, just a little bit, yeah. you know. So but, that's what it is. No, that, that's true. And then the other thing you said, you were talking about how we just have to break through that threshold and just not be afraid to get up on stage. And it's funny enough. That's literally what happened with me and where I'm at now, like doing these uh, podcasts and everything. I never used to be this outgoing or right here. Like it all started in high school when my friends were like, hey, why don't you go on the talent show? And I was like, you know, why not? So I got up on stage and I rapped to the instrumental of Forever with Drake and Eminem. And I just, I, I was very comical about it, but it was also serious at the same time. And it took me out of my comfort zone and people loved it. And then I, I'm not camera shy, you know, I love getting on camera, talking to guys and gals and, you know, being my, putting myself out there and just meeting all these new types of people and really showing the world what people like us can bring to the table.
Exactly. And all it took is just like just deciding to do that one big intimidating thing that only lasts for maybe like five minutes. Right. And that changed their whole mindset. So like, so did mine. And it just like, it just made, it just made me like, like, I don't have that, like, I don't give a damn attitude anymore. It's like, I'm not like, I don't mind being even like a little bit of like cynical or being a little bit douchey because especially in the workplace, it gets boring. Then you, you want to like, you know, you just want to have a little bit of fun. I just love it when, you know, especially one coworker, you know, he gets, he's a little bit bipolar, you know, and he gets like, uh, he has some, you know, past history, but he's still a good guy. And, you know, when I, when we talk about, when we joke about something like on the news and I just like to put in a joke, he's like, Oh my God, don't say stuff like that. You're so cynical, but you're a comedian. I guess you're supposed to be cynical. I was like, you damn right. I love it. It was like, you should do the same thing. It doesn't hurt, <laughs> you know? It's just like, it's just moments like that. This is like, I think yeah, I'll help, you know, a small, uh, my community, a small part of my community be better at, which is like laugh and just feel better. Like, especially in tough times like these, man. You need you know? to. And a nice comparison, I'll give you a nice parallel. On the news today, some of the uh, daytime talk show hosts were talking about how everybody has this buildup of momentum and all this enthusiasm for like Christmas or like something exciting. And then when the day actually happens, you, you're living it, but you're not as enthusiastic. You're not as excited and adrenalized as you were as the day before, like the buildup to it. And I think the same yeah. thing you said for, you know, breaking out of your shell, the buildup to it, you're so excited and you might be nervous, but then once you get through it, you, you, you feel better. And it's just, you gotta just, you gotta take, it's like jumping into a pool. You can't think about it. You just gotta jump in. Yeah, but the thing is, is like my experience with comedy and most, um, a lot of comics and uh, comedians will kind of say the same thing. Like, especially when you bomb, right? And when you bomb, it, it's, I'm not, it, don't get me wrong. It's one of the worst feelings in the world. Especially when you test out your jokes, like you think it, you think your jokes you wrote down or you, or, or you thought of when you're, when you're in the goddamn shower, you thought it was going to kill, you know, later on tonight. But then it's just like, silence and then just people just stare at you and then uh, you're just like oh god damn it you gotta bomb sometimes because one of the things yeah like, oh we fall we we fall only so we can rise or in batman why do we fall so that we can learn to pick ourselves back up if you've never bombed then you'll never know what it feels like and if you just can, it's a good lesson i would assume when you when you say it is a good lesson and don't don't and don't get me wrong you learn then you learn like in like seconds of what you did wrong. Like, okay, uh, you, you weren't like, uh, your delivery wasn't that great. And you're, you're, you didn't make eye contact too well, or you're just moving around too much. Even little shit like that, like can mess up like, you know, your sets, your performance, but oh my, <laughs> oh my goodness. It, it's something, well, when I say like bombing is one of the worst feelings in the world, it's, it's something speaking from experience, it's one of those feelings where when you bomb, it's like the audience member is just like, they kind of only want to associate with you that much because it's like, they see like, Oh, they feel sorry for you in some way. And it's like, ah, I'll just let them be and let them recover. Like for the next day, it's just like, they, it's like, for some reason they won't, the audience members that never done comedy, they don't, they would like most people will never do it, but at the same time, when they see you bomb, it's just like, ugh, that's disgusting. Ugh. Uh, like when you're, it's like when your favorite sports team loses to, in the Super Bowl or something. Exactly, exactly. It's just like 
it's just like in basketball. Okay, you got five seconds left, and it's your, and then people count on you to make that clutch game winner. But you freaking make an air ball, and everybody, oh. Or like the double the doink that happened a few years ago on, uh, in the in the field goal. Exactly, exactly. That's exactly how it feels like when you bomb, especially when it's like a actual like you know decent looking showcase where people pay money to come in, <laughs> to come into like pay tickets to come to your show. And then you thought it was going to be good. And then the booker book you because, you know, they seen your stuff and you're funny. But for some reason, I guess the, like, it's not your type of audience. But like, even if you use the jokes that usually kill, right, then it's just like doesn't show. And then you're like, ah, it's more like, ah, man, I pay I money to see I this assume, guy. I, I would assume, too, you probably have to come with a whole different assortment of stuff because you never know what's going to work yeah. for what audience. Exactly. And then as like when you, when you become like uh, the more you do comedy, the more how – even if your jokes doesn't work, you, you like a professional would know how to get back from that. Like, like, um, I don't know if you've seen like any, I've seen Bill Burr live at the MGM, uh, uh, grand, uh, casino in, um, in national Harbor. I'm not going to get that. I'm not going to lie. I was, I was in the fourth row. He was still funny, but I'm not going to lie. His whole hour, like his joke, it wasn't that great. I guess because it's harder to like become like still become funny when you're like, uh, still doing it. And especially when you're a veteran, but even like people weren't laughing at the, at the jokes, the new jokes that he wrote down. He know he knew how to come back. He's like, "Oh, it's freaking quiet in here." He's like, "You guys can't take you guys uh, you guys can't stand what I say," you know. He calls out on the audience, and then like it, it's it, it's it's it, it's like you got to you got to do like something you got to do something like crowd work if your jokes right. doesn't like uh like doesn't work. For for example, uh one night. My jokes wasn't working at all. And for some fucking reason, couples like to sit in the front row, even though they're the ones that get picked on the most. But they still like to sit in the goddamn front row. It's so funny. I remember I, I saw a couple. And we all like, us comedians, like, we like to call on couples the most. And then we like, hey, I remember that one night I was just, look, I looked at, I saw a couple. Are you guys, are you guys together? And then, you know, there's always the girl. It's like, oh, my God, he called on me. What is it? Well, yeah, because you sat in the front. And I'm bombing. I gotta use you to get back, you know. And she's like, ah. And then they, it's always the girl. The girl always go, uh, to like, ah, we're just friends. And the guy always is like, ah, you better make me look good, goddamn, <laughs> you know. And then they's like, we're we're okay. There's like, I asked them, are you guys together? And then, and then they's like, yeah. And they give me like, ah, yeah, I guess. And then I just go, you guys ain't gonna last long. Punchline, random punchline. And people started laughing examples like that that's how you get people back so it, it's it, it, it's hard work man like uh, but i i still love it and that's because just because i kept doing it i like to challenge myself i like to communicate and like with audience members that like that are told like a bunch of different people and they get to you you get to like they get to like know who you are especially when um when you start uh talking to them you know it, it's oh, yeah. it, it's it's like you gotta bring the wave back. That's how yeah. it is. You gotta ride the wave. You're like a surfer. No, I agree. I, this this is good stuff. I hope you really get to where you want to go because you sound and, and definitely invite me to your next comedy call on Zoom or however you do it. I, I want to check out your jokes. Oh, definitely, man. Like you will. Like I'm I'm gonna let you know. Like I I've been busy. Like you know, trying to like get out of, like credit card debt and trying to like uh. You know, that's save no up joke. my honor. That's no joke. Yeah, that's it's one of the it's one of the worst. It's one of the things that like screws you over the most. And then 
that's why like you know i'm recovering from you know the typical super supermarket job so i guess i'm a essential worker i'm i'm, I'm considered a superhero I guess so. <laughs> don't feel bad. I'm an essential worker too. We got we got to keep the world going, man. Oh, oh yeah, definitely, man. I'm a, uh so you you work in a grocery store too? I'm guessing. I I do not, but where I work, I do. I am essential, but I'm sure in your grocery store, you know, people got to eat, right? Yeah, I'm feeding poverty, you know. So. Yeah. But it's still annoying, but people are still spoiled. <laughs> exactly. Oh, by the way, what if I told you right now this wasn't recorded? What? That's fine. Like, this wasn't recording. Hey, that's that's the joke. It was recording. <laughs> I know. I saw it. I was like, Oh yeah, are you sure? Are you sure? Wait, you can see the I, you can see the icon too. Yeah. Don't I'll be like, funny. I'll be like, Are you sure? Because like, I mean, don't worry, it's still working. <laughs> My jokes aren't funny, I guess. No, it's okay. It, it, your it, your jokes is more like a it's more like a prank joke, you know? Oh, it's oh shit. And then people, and then you make, and then you scare the shit out of people, and then you say, like, "I'm just joking." Ah, fuck you, man. <laughs> that, that don't go, don't worry. That humor is entertaining too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But um, no, this has been good. So I really liked where this went, and I think we actually did a better job than last time. Yeah, I think I think we did too. I think we this we did ten times better. I'm not gonna lie. I think I was slurring my words because I was drinking like wine a little bit at the same time. So I was just like, ah, no, see, I'm sober right now. So yeah, That's it worked good. a lot better. So as we as we get to the end of this, do you have any closing thoughts? Ah, uh, clues and thoughts. Yes, uh, kind of. I hope a lot of comedy shows and comedy clubs will open back up. You know, hopefully the virus cases will go down so I can actually go into a live audience because that's where the that's what a real comedy show is instead of zoom don't get me wrong zoom is okay but i don't i don't i don't want to just make laughing emojis laugh okay so it's yeah, just seriously yeah and thought man, final thoughts it's just like yeah i think we all sh people should just keep on laughing and yeah watch the news but don't watch like hours of it every day because i've seen it happen like when people do that they they just go crazy and then they just start arguing with each other and hating each other for it and it's it's like why why just 30 minutes you know yeah and you know when it comes to i think the biggest thing very literal is if you fall down laugh it off and pick yourself back up you know we're only human this has been great and i hope as always at least one person gets something from this lovely guest mr drew vu on i really appreciated you taking your time to redo this video it's a bit of pleasure um for those that are looking for me again or this podcast facebook youtube feralism instagram feralism 15 and then for all major podcasting platforms such as spotify or apple Podcasts, you can check it out at feralism and once again mr drew where can people find you all right uh people uh, people, you all, y'all can find me again on uh, uh, Twitter, DrewVu89, Snapchat, CheesyVu89, Instagram, ActiveVu Entertainment uh, uh, page, and also I have a podcast, the Mind of the Vu Tang podcast. It's on Spotify, iTunes, Castbox, Anchor, and other platforms. And don't worry, Pharrell, I'm gonna get you as a guest uh, very soon, probably, probably like probably before this new year ends and i'm gonna let you know we're gonna have a good another good conversation
You know? Oh, looking forward to it. And feel free to, you know, be me. I'm the front guy in the audience. You know, pick on me. Use me. I'm ready to go. I got my laughing shoes. Uh, I'll, I'll try to see what, what I can make fun of you about it. Because, you know, you seem like a good-looking guy. You know, you're not, you're not some sort of dork. But if I find some dorkiness in you, I want to write it down, okay? I'll wear my glasses. How about that? I'll wear my nerd glasses that I have just for that occasion. Sure, sure. Uh, whatever helps. I'm not... Um, I'm not really a good roaster, but hey, if, it, if that that will help, maybe I can get something down. I didn't see, and it seems like you can take a roast uh, to yourself. So, <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, but yeah, looking forward to that. Thanks to everybody that's watching. Again, hope you got something out of this. Hope you enjoyed two guys just chatting it up, sharing our experiences, and just stay positive. Be you. And thanks for watching. This will be uploaded very shortly. And thank you again, Drew. Really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me, Pharrell, and people keep on laughing. See you guys.